Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. It is drive time. Elliot Dank and Timothy Go and Chuatian Tin with you. It is time now for Market View. Uh, there are a few companies that is on Tian radar. Uh, we'll take a look at uh, India's GDP growth expectations as well. But first, closing bell. As always, a quick recap of how we started the day. Singapore shares opened slightly higher today amid a mixed performance among index counters. But uh, global markets actually closed mostly in the positive territory on Friday. So a little bit of uh, traction there. Uh, in early trade, the Straits Times index was up 0.1% to 3,281 points after some 68 million securities changed hands in the broader market. But uh, however, that really lost steam because as we look at the close, Closing numbers. The benchmark Straits Times Index closed down 0.4% at 3,265 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 765 million Sing dollars. Now, gainers trailed losers 253 versus 319. Top advances for the day New Incorporation USD, ASUS, and Vertex Spec. And top decliners GMH USD, DBS, and UOB. Now, in terms of companies to watch, we do have Cromwell European REIT because it's Portfolio valuation for the first half and June fell a further 1.6%. Now, elsewhere from India's GDP growth expectations to China's central bank selling cash deposit at record low rates and Alibaba not selling part of its stake in N Group's share buyback. We've got more international headlines for you, not to mention the blue chip down closing higher for the 10th straight day. So let's break them down with David Kuo, co-founder of The Smart Investor. Mr. Kuo, how are you? I'm very good. Monday, fun day, yes. <laughs> I like how energetic you are, Mr. Kuo. Let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. How did the SDI fare today and how did Singapore inflation numbers weigh on markets? Okay, the first one is uh, I think the market was somewhat subdued uh, mm. simply because there is a big event happening on Wednesday. Yep. It is the Federal Reserve's uh, interest rate decision day. But I think most people recognize that uh, interest rates will probably go up on Wednesday. Mm. But it's not what happens on Wednesday. It's what happens after that. And people are just saying, uh, what will Jerome Powell, the Fed chair, say on Wednesday uh, after the interest rate decision has been made? Uh, what is his tone going to be like? Are there going to be further interest rate increases? So I think a lot of people, a lot of investors, traders are sitting on the sidelines just waiting to see what happens. And with regards to the inflation numbers uh, here in Singapore, pretty good. Uh, I think people should be uh, a little bit relieved that inflation is starting to come down as expected. Uh, but uh, we're still not out of the woods yet. Uh, the inflation is still a bit on the high side, so it still needs to come down further. But what effect does it have on the Singapore market? Virtually none whatsoever, mm. because uh, Singapore doesn't control inflation or doesn't try to manage inflation using yeah. interest rates. Instead, it uses the uh, the Singapore dollar to try yeah. and sort of manage the uh, the inflation here in Singapore. So it's not the uh, the inflation numbers will have very little bearing on the stock market. What will have a bearing, of course, is the interest rate decisions over in the U.S. because that is what will affect mortgage borrowers, uh, anybody that's actually sort of got uh, savings. Mm. Uh, that will decide what they do with their money, Ken Ken. Mm. David, uh, let's talk about Cromwell E-Reads uh, portfolio. Okay, okay. who is this? Who is this? Who is this first? <laughs> I don't know. You guess, huh? <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you. Elliot? <laughs> yes, sir. Bravo. <laughs> Elliot, hello. We How dance this dance every week, David. Um, Cromwell E. Reed's portfolio valuation for the half year end of June, the June 2023, that is, uh, fell further 1.6% to about 2.3 billion euros. The manager is saying today that it was pleasing to note that the decline was modest compared with the December 2022 levels. Let's talk about the significance of this, David, and is it really about painting the right PR picture as well? Well, I, I told you, I told you what, Elliot, uh, this is going to be very important, uh, not because that the decline in the value of um, uh, Cromwell REIT's uh, property portfolio was modest, but simply because this is the number that everybody is looking at at the moment. We know that Singapore is a destination for real estate investment costs. And we have, I think, 17 in total that will be reporting this week. Uh, for me, it's like reach heaven, right? Because, I mean, there's 17 companies that I'll be looking at. And then we have another 15 or so the, the following week. So in total, we've got about 32 weeks, 30, yeah, 32, 33 weeks that we'll be reporting over the next two weeks. Mm. And the one thing that they will all be looking at is how much are those properties worth? Yeah. Um, we've already had some pretty bad news coming out from uh, REITs that have exposure to the U.S., where they've had to write down the value of their properties. And they're just saying, uh, and the REITs have a responsibility to report the value of their properties every six months. So they have to be valued, and they have to tell investors what they're worth. And that affects the book value, uh, the, the, the value of the portfolio, and that will be the thing that people will be looking at. So in the case of Cromwell, yeah, I think it's a sigh of relief that the, uh, the decline in the value of the portfolio was modest. But uh, what happens to the other 32 weeks here in Singapore when they report? How bad are they going to be? All right, David, I guess you would know who this is. Uh, let's Hello, take- Timothy. How are Hi. you? Two I'm good. Two. Yes. Let's talk about uh, the Indian economy. It, uh, According to economists uh, in a Reuters poll, they are expecting the economy to grow 6.1% uh, this fiscal year, 65 uh next year. Is this in line with your expectations? Uh, pretty much so. I would have thought it'd be a little bit faster than that, hmm. but... Uh, I, I tell you what, Timothy, a lot of people are looking at India and saying, is this the new China? In other words, yeah. should, we be, should we be moving our investments out from China where we know that growth, economic growth is slowing down? And should we be directing our investments into India? We've already heard a lot of companies uh, are moving their manufacturing, their operations uh, from one part of the world to India. And uh, that is really what is driving the economic growth in India itself. And so as far as investors are concerned, they're saying, how can we get exposure to India at the moment? And the simple answer, Timothy, is it's not that easy, simply because there are restrictions on foreign investors putting money uh, into the Indian stock market. It is almost impossible to do. So the only thing that we are left with is to try and sort of look at uh, depository receipts uh, that are available outside of India. And for that, we have to pay a slight premium uh, so we can actually buy Indian, certain Indian companies in uh, the American stock market. You have to pay a slight premium for it. But uh, it, it is exciting times. So a lot of people were, were at one point saying that, you know, will China be able to um, pull mm-hmm. the world out of some kind of economic slowdown? Mm-hmm. And I think now they're saying, can India do that? And I, I think it is very, very exciting for investors. 
Mm. And since we're in India, let's talk a little bit more about this. U.S.-based Bain Capital has entered into an agreement to buy 90% of Adani Capital and Adani Housing. Now, that means buying out all of the Adani's family's uh, private investments in the company. How would you read into this move? Uh, did anybody mention fire sale? Uh, because that is because that is what it feels yeah. a bit like. We know that Adani is on the back foot at the moment, yep. ever since that Hindenburg research report came out. And they talked about the huge amount of uh, debt that the Adani group was holding. Mm. And so I think bit by bit, what they're trying to do is to resolve that problem uh, by finding parts of the business that they can sell. And in this particular case, it's selling uh, their finance corporation uh, to bank capital. So I think we'll be seeing more of this uh, as, as days go by. Mm. Uh, because ultimately they do need to pay down that huge debt burden that they have yep. uh, without spooking the market too much. And this one, uh, I, I think, is a good deal for Bain. And mm. so uh, it, it does feel a bit like a garage sale to me, that uh, they're looking at parts of the business that mm. they can offload. If you're just tuning in, we're now speaking to David Kuo, co-founder of The Smart Investor. And Mr. Kuo, let's take a look at what's happening in China. Authorities seem to be taking steps to boost the Chinese economy, selling cash deposits at 2%, which is the lowest on record. The state planner also unveiled measures that seek to promote, encourage and spur private investment in some infrastructure sectors. Enough or not enough, in your opinion? Uh, probably not enough. Yeah. I think I've mentioned on this show so many times, Ken, yeah. in fact, it, that is not the issue. The issue really is consumer spending. And how are they going to get consumers uh, in uh, China, the households in China, to put their hands in their pockets and go out and spend money? And that, that is a psychological problem. And I think just simply reducing interest rates is not going to really help. Uh, this is almost like um, uh, an argument be- between mm-hmm. uh, should we use Keynesian uh, theory or should we use... Um, uh, Milton Freeman's theory yeah. of uh, how to get the economy going again. And I think in this particular case, you don't need uh, Friedman, you don't need, um, uh, you don't need uh, uh, Maynard Keynes either. I think what you need is a good psychologist, you know, who can actually come along wow. and give people the confidence to actually sort of go out. Everything is fine. Everything will be okay. Just go out and spend your money because if you don't, you're really going to drag down economic growth in China. Mm. Okay, and speaking of China, Alibaba Group Holding has decided not to sell any part of its wanted stick in uh, N Group during N Group's uh, imminent share buyback. Again, how would you read into this? Though? Well, if I was Alibaba, I wouldn't want to sell any part yeah. of uh, <laughs> N Group either. I mean, yeah. it, is, it is such a lucrative business. And uh, I understand the share buyback um, uh, model. Uh, what they want to do is to raise the valuation of Ant Group mm. by buying back its shares. But as far as Alibaba is concerned, I mean, it is so closely linked to Ant Group. Uh, so many parts of um, Ant Financial's business uh, are tied into Alibaba itself uh, through its um, uh, sales platforms, through its uh, uh, shopping malls and key malls and all sorts of things. So, therefore, I I think, you know, Alibaba is saying, I don't really want to sell any of my shares, thank you very much. I Mm. want to maintain a stake in that. And if there is going to be a share buyback, what it could mean is that its stake in the business will increase. And uh, I think it's doing the right thing, and I would do exactly the same thing as Alibaba. Mm. And uh, over in the U.S. in the meantime, Mr. Cole, the blue chip down locked 10 straight day of gains on Mm. Friday, which means it marked its longest winning streak since 2017, I believe. For how long can this continue, especially with that Fed rate hike due midweek? Okay, uh, just two seconds while I bring my crystal ball out, Tian Tian. Yeah. Um, (laughs) 
Nope, it's looking very hazy at the moment, my crystal ball. <laughs> I can't really see. What I can tell you is that yeah. what we are doing is what we call a bull market climbs a wall of worry. Yeah, And what it really means is that I think the worst is over for the stock market. Mm-hmm. But as we go through, um, we're, we're going to climb uh, this, this wall. And every now and again, uh, there'll be roadblocks. Mm-hmm. And uh, these roadblocks will make people think twice about whether or not uh, this bull market can continue. But I think the answer is yes. If we have a look at the corporate earnings over in America, they've been good. If we have a look at interest rates, I think a lot of people believe that interest rates are unlikely to go much higher. It might go maybe 25 or 50 basis points higher, but we're certainly not going to get, you know, uh, ridiculous increases in interest rates. Mm. But interest rates will remain high, and people will have to learn with the fact that, you know, the days of 2%, 1% interest rates are gone. We're going to have to uh, tolerate maybe 5% interest rates. And if you can live with that, and if businesses can live with that, then I think you know, this, this uh, stock market will be able to move uh, considerably higher from where it is now. So, oh, oh hang on. My crystal ball is mm. uh, I'm, I'm glazing at the moment. Yeah. And I can, I, can see bright, <laughs> I can see bright lights ahead. I can, I, can, I can see some lights ahead and it's not an oncoming train. Okay, so I think it's going to be okay. Okay, and thanks a lot. That's Mr. Kuo. That was David Kuo, co-founder of The Smart Investor. Thank you, as always, for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.